to deliver the word today. Would you open your heart to the Lord? Not to him, but to the Lord. He's going to be the mouthpiece, but what we're really wanting to receive is what God has to speak for you. Pastor, would you come? Would you reach your hand toward him? And as you do, as we pray for him, we're actually saying, God, would you deliver to me what you have for me today? Lord, we open our hearts to the Spirit of God and say, God, come, do that which you know each of us needs. Lord, we don't all need the same thing, but you know what we need, so would you deliver? Anoint our pastor. Give him Holy Spirit creativity to accomplish that which only you can do as we commit him and us to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, I've, uh, I've got some good news. I always like it when I get to preach about good news. But before I start that good news, I have some other good news. God is alive and well in our state, in our cities. And um, we have been working, we've done two trainings now, um, coming up to Supernatural Fest. How many of you know what I'm talking about, Supernatural Fest? Come on. Can I have Sharon and Scott come up here real quick? Steal the mic here from uh, Doug. And I want to just tell you some of the exciting things that are going on. First of all, we have 23 churches that are coming together and making big boasts on God that he is able to touch people, that he is able to give them information about them that they did not know or that only he would know, that he's able to heal their body and that he's able to bring them into a kingdom that's everlasting. Those are the boasts that we've been making to our cities. Can he deliver? Yes. Come on. So um, what we want to do is uh, I just wanted to give you guys have something you want to say about this? Share a few things. We have some great things. We're kicking off on Monday night. What's going to happen Monday night, Sharon? Is it called a drum invocation? Yes. Okay, bring that mic up there so they can hear you. There we go. The drum invocation is tomorrow night at 530, and if you don't come for anything else, come for that because I think it's going to be... I just sense in my spirit that this is just really something that the Holy Spirit is doing, and we want to be a part of it. So this drum circle is about, um, I don't remember if it's 30, 30 different types of uh, percussion instruments. There's going to be some shakers and different cymbals and a whole bunch of different drums, a big community drum, shofars, and it's going to be a call to worship, and it's going to be just... A loud noise. <laughs> Suddenly, <laughs> we are going to break in. So, um, yes, so we're believing that the Lord is going to really, really move that. So over the last four months, specifically, we've been orchestrating a whole bunch of different churches. We have 23 churches that are confirmed. We have about uh, maybe another 10 or so that are going to participate in different ways. So we have, how many real volunteers are on paper do we have? Well, um, I think we've got close to 50 a night that are helping just with the prayer ministry. Times six. <laughs> 50 times six, that's a lot. <laughs> of disciples who want to display the love of Jesus to our, to our city. That's like, I can't believe you guys are being quiet right now. I'm exploding. So this is, like, <laughs> there you go. Thank you. <laughs> so... We have hundreds of volunteers that are going to be prophesying, that are going to be leading people to Jesus, and that are just going to be just 
loving people. So we have food for the homeless. Um, two homeless shelters in the city have shut down for this event. And we said, we're going to tell everyone to go to the park. So we're expecting maybe a couple hundred homeless people or people that are in dire straits come and get food and be able to speak prophetically into their lives. So, um, so 400 some volunteers are going to be in the park and we are going to just one week of Holy Spirit breakout. So if you have something planned and you can't come, cancel it. You want to come. <laughs> so is there anything else that you I want you to say? pray over the event. So for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, we're going to have a whole week. From, it'll be from 5.30, you can show up and pray, and then it's going to go through until 9 o'clock, nine, 10 yeah, o'clock, 9.30, 9 o'clock, right. 9.30, and there'll be, um, it's a great thing to invite somebody to, there's going to be music, and then uh, Mark Bowling from uh, Texas, is a, he's done a lot of evangelistic work in India, and he specifically heard the Lord to come and do a work here in Eugene, and this week is, we're celebrating the 100-year anniversary of the uh, first known massive outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this valley, uh, the revival that started the Open Bible Church. So kind of an exciting just, you know, I think God's kind of a romantic. Come on, 100-year anniversary of last time we saw a massive outpouring. And the outpouring caused people, there was to, you know, we had teenagers that were, that were preaching on the street corner and people were getting saved. People would come up, there'd be a teenager sitting there talking about Jesus and they'd be weeping and repenting and coming into the kingdom. So this is just an exciting time. I really believe that God, you know, true to his word, he takes the foolish things, right, to confound the wise. Right. How many of you know the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing? But to us, it's salvation unto God. Well, God doesn't want anyone to perish. So this ridiculous idea, we're going to go to a park, worship the Lord, and demonstrate his goodness. And you know what? I don't think it's that ridiculous. I think it's going to be amazing. So, uh -huh. Scott, can you just pray over this, uh, this whole event? And I do want to thank both of you guys. By the way, Scott and Sharon have both been a huge part of pulling this together. So that, that's... So it's at Marie Jacobs Park. The best way to go is to park on the northwest corner of Valley River and walk across the bridge. Yeah. That's the best way to do it. Northwest corner, walk across the bridge. You can get to it from River Road, but it's complicated and small parking area. So. All right. Yes. So let's just stretch our hands out towards Valley River Center. Yeah, there we go. It's perfect. Go ahead and pray, Scott. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have inspired our hearts to do this crazy endeavor for you. And without you, we are going to look really foolish. So God, we ask that we are signing checks. We're signing a week-long checks. And we're expecting you to show up and make our words good. So, God, we just thank you in advance for the miracles, the countless miracles that are going to happening. I call forth right now creative miracles, growing out legs. In the name of Jesus, growing out fingers. In the name of Jesus, I ask you for hearts to come to you and be set on fire. God, right now, I'm asking that for these um, homeless ones that are coming, the ones that are in dire straits right now, God, I ask you to raise, raise up preachers and proclaimers from that group right now. Be, plant a church 
from what is happening right now. More works, more churches, more of you, God. We need more love. God, we need more of you. And I ask this week at Maury Jacobs Park that you will make your name famous in the earth. This double jubilee, this double jubilee of 100 years of celebration, of bringing the outpouring. God, I ask that you will do it again. Pour out your spirit in a greater measure, greater than it was done in 1913. God, the greater, greater than what was done then. We thank you for every one of these volunteers. I ask you will pour out the spirit of prophecy, that we'll be able to speak life, testimony of Jesus to the people that are coming. Mm -hmm. God, we love you. We want you to be supreme. So come and get your glory here in this week, God. Amen. 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 Well, if you're here for the first time, we just want to welcome you. Thank you for coming and being our guest. We are always excited to get to worship with new people. And um, if you are here for the first time, if you want to just raise your hand, we would love to give you a free uh, coffee. We are shamelessly bribing you to come back because we like you that much. So if you'll just keep your hand up, someone will come and just keep your hand up till you get a gift. And um, <laughs> I'm really glad that you're here. We have a lot going on this summer. And so if it feels like you just heard a lot of news about a lot of different things going on, it's because you did. And, um, and that, I think that's an exciting problem to have. You know, we got One Hope coming on. We've got Project Hope coming where we're going to take care of the schools. We have the Resound Festival, the 27th, where we've got uh, about eight different local churches coming together to serve and put on a festival for local aid and for families. It's going to be awesome. Um, we have this whole Supernatural Fest all this week. So, you know, what a great time to go, go get dinner and go for a walk in the park and maybe heal somebody or share with, share with them the, the hope that you have within you. But the, but the bottom line is there's a lot going on. Isn't that exciting? My own daughter is on missions going to Ethiopia. I'm pretty excited about that. She's going to be 16 right when she gets back. And I was just remembering when I was 16, I went to Australia for six months and I was just realizing like, wow, that felt like about a couple years ago to me. And now I have a daughter who's 16 and she's going on missions for the first time. Time just kind of flies, doesn't it? I mean, it just flat moves. I'm becoming more and more convinced that the greatest way that the enemy defeats us is to get us to just waste time. You know? Like, man, did you see the last season of Friends? <laughs> I didn't. I got bored. <laughs> did you see the, the last? You know what I mean? Think about I'm not even dissing TV because I love it. I mean, I wouldn't even have ideas for sermons aside from the Bible and television. So don't, don't take this too wrong. Um, but I would say that think about your time. You know, I love it. David says this. He says, it's good for a man to consider his end. In the, in the word, he says that. He says, because we're like a vapor. We're just here for a little while, and then we're gone. And, and, you know, when you start having kids or grandkids, come on, Doug, um, then all of a sudden you really realize it, right? All of a sudden it's like, man, time is just flying. And you know what we want to do? We want to steward that time well. Yeah? We just want to steward that time well. And, you know, here's the beauty about time. 
It's hard to grasp time when you measure it in years or in decades. Track with me for a minute here. It's hard to measure time when you're trying to track it in years because the reality is we weren't really created to have time. Time only showed up after the fall, if you really start thinking about it. There was no need to be tracking time until the fall. And then death came in because God in His mercy was like, whoa, let's not preserve sin for all of time. Okay? So the clock starts. All right? Well, we have a hard time relating. And then Jesus, of course, comes and has reconciled us back. For those of us that are in the kingdom, time doesn't make sense again. You're just kind of like, how do I manage this? I mean, I'm an eternal creature with no end. And so when 10 years goes by, you're kind of like, I just have such a hard time tracking with that. I just kind of feel like we should be together for eternity. Are you guys with me here? Am I getting confusing? Okay, so how do we relate to time? How do we steward this? How do we keep the enemy from causing us to be just about completely, you know, useless in that we keep wasting our time? How do we do that? Because here we are in this season, this short season, maybe 80 years, you know, for maybe 80 years is about what we get, right? So how do I want to steward that? How can I actually relate to that? Let me tell you the most beautiful word, probably uh, just one below Jesus. And that word is today. Today. Today is the secret of managing time. Today is the secret of completely defeating the enemy. If you can hold, say that word for me, would you? Today. Today. Say it again. Yeah, today is where it's at. Okay? Today is where you're connected to the Father. Today is where you can handle things. Today is where you can be effective. Today is where you can rest and work. Today, you, get, you have everything you need right now. When you pray the Lord's Prayer, what do you say? My Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me Exactly. Give me today my daily bread. Forgive me my sins today as I forgive those who sinned against me today. Lead me not into temptation today, but deliver me from evil today. Okay? This, all of a sudden, all those things that God's asked of us, all those things that we're partnering with heaven for, they make sense if you pull it into today. I think we're good. Let's just pray and go home. I think that was a good word right there. I have a couple things that I want to get into your hands today and into your hearts today, but I want you to grab a hold of that concept today, today. What is it, Lord, that you have for us today? Because I know you're in it. I know you're in it. I know I'm going to come across other people today, and I have power. I have power in my life because the Spirit of God is in me to bless someone else today, to touch someone else today, to share with someone else today. I called this, this, uh, this word today, smile, speak, invite. What happens when you smile? Go ahead. Just You're not smiling at me. I wish you would. Thank you. You're smiling at me. God, and both of you. God bless the three of you right there. Just let it spread, Jesus. Oh, just let it spread. It is actually kind of spreading now. It's kind of helpful. Thank you. I'm feeling better already. Smile. You're in the kingdom. You know, smile. It's only going to hurt for a second. That's, a, that's also a good word. Smile. And then what? Speak. Let's just jump right in here. 1 John 4, 9 through 10 says this. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. I love this. This is love. Not that we loved God, 
but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is great news. This is the reason why we smile. Because you can't hurt us. You can kill us, but you can't hurt us. That's really good news. You can talk smack about us, but it doesn't make it true. Because my dad reconciled me back to himself. How? Because he gave his own son so that instead of me getting what I deserve, I get what he deserves. That's why I smile. I don't know what you're smiling about. Is that why you're smiling? It really is good news. Now, here's the reality. This good news is good news today. It's good news today. It's not good news yesterday, and it's not good news tomorrow in that you're not in yesterday, and you're not in tomorrow. People need good news today. Now, here's the gospel. The reality, I think, for most of us is we forget that we're carrying good news. And we set up these goals that when this and this and this happen, then I will feel like I have a testimony that I could share with people that would help them. And what we end up doing is we end up kind of putting things into the future. Okay, but that's a misunderstanding of the gospel because the gospel was good news before you heard it. It wasn't dependent upon your good behavior in order for it to be great news. You heard the great news and you received the good news on a particular day that was called today and it changed everything. So who do you think it is that's coming in and saying, you need a little more preparation before you start sharing good news? Right? Your testimony isn't what it should be. You should better yourself and then you can share good news. Here's the great news about this. The great news is it never was about you. You're not Jesus, but you have Jesus in you. You're talking about somebody who was great news and is great news. Are you guys with me? This is so simple that we lose. The, have you noticed that the most powerful things that there are are very simple? And in fact, I think simplicity oftentimes speaks of the level of power that's there. And I think it's a trick of the enemy that he comes in and says, it can't be that simple. I was really struggling, honestly, preparing this particular message. And it has been a very interesting journey for me. We've been on this journey now. We're in our seventh week here of talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ, falling in love with the gospel learning how to live a lifestyle of evangelism. And, and here's what's been interesting. I keep coming back to it. I've preached to you guys about this. Others have come and shared about this. And I still keep coming back, and I keep thinking, I, it's, it's like there's something missing. Like, I need a better, I need greater understanding of this. I, I, I got to present this more clearly. And I, I, I honestly, this has probably been the most challenging times for me to share. And it's the most simple message. And so then I just started thinking, well, Lord, I mean, I know I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. And so are you trying to say something to me right now? And I felt like what God was doing is I felt like he was trying to get my attention to say, this is a very effective lie that many believers believe. 
And that is that they need to be better prepared, that they need to be better spoken, that they need to be essentially someone else, and then they'd be ready to share good news. How many of you could identify with that, right? Come on. Yeah, thank you. So you're just sort of like waiting, like someday I'm going to get really good at this. Someday something's going to happen and I'm finally going to tell somebody about this someone somehow. And somehow that never does happen, does it? So we kind of get into this flow. So here we are. The gospel is actually utterly simple. But it is absolutely the only way that one can be saved, that they can become born again and come into the kingdom. Amen? Now, why aren't we seeing more of that? I want to answer that question today. Romans 10, 4 through 17 says this. Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be... That was not actually tongues. Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. That's us. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? Are you starting to see yourself in this picture? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? Which brings us up to today right now. Are you starting to feel this? You should start feeling the lights coming onto you right now. How beautiful, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. When I met Karen, I told her that I thought the most beautiful aspect of my body, which I still agree, are my feet. I think it was a prophetic statement over me that I'd be a pastor. But anyway, I just feel like that was a really important point to make right now. I don't think she thinks I have beautiful feet, actually. It's never really come up. But one of these days I'll preach barefoot. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. I want you to say that. Faith comes from hearing the message. All right, and then I'm going to read this. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. Okay, so now we're going to read that whole line together. Faith comes, ready? Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. 
Okay, here's where most of us go off the rails. We've misunderstood the presentation of the gospel as the presentation of our response to the gospel. Your testimony is really important, but your testimony is not the final word on the testimony of Jesus Christ. He is the cause. You have experienced the response, the effect. Now, when you share the gospel, your testimony is vitally important because they're going to say, well, why do you follow him? And you can say, honestly, for me, I, he's never failed me. He's always with me. I was this and now I'm this. And that's great. You should absolutely share that. But realize that that is the effect the gospel has had on you. It is not the testimony of the gospel. Do you understand that? Now, this is important for this reason. This is where the enemy consistently defeats us in this constant self-help cycle that we get into of like, well, I still struggle with lust now and then. I really need to get that under control, and then I can share the gospel. Well, in the Lord's Prayer, he says, help me to flee from temptation. He doesn't say, I'll never have temptation again. I feel like some people need to hear this. You see what I'm saying? Being tempted does not mean you're sinning. It means flee from it. Run away. If temptation wasn't tempting, it wouldn't be called temptation. You're not guilty for the things that tempt you. You're only guilty if you do them. Thank you, Josh. I received that. (laughs) How can anyone hear unless we share? We've got to speak. We've got to share about the reality of Jesus Christ. Now, are you guys ready? Are you feeling ready? Okay, because here's what we're going to do. We're going to share the gospel with each other again. And it is, it is my absolute desire that everyone in this house is in the practice, say practice, the practice of communicating good news. So for right now, just turn to your neighbor and just say, I got good news. Okay, did you hear your neighbor? How many of you heard your neighbor? I know this is silly, but we're going with it. All right. Why did you hear them? You guys, you all get an A. That was a profound spiritual truth. Why did you hear your neighbor? They spoke. This is probably the greatest breakdown in the spreading of the good news at this point, is many of us misunderstand this particular part. Come on, at least laugh a little. It really is true. It's like, I've been praying for my, this person that I really, really love, and I'm just really asking that the Lord would show them his love, that he would speak to their heart. Did you know that he is already speaking to their heart? This is great news. He's already speaking to their heart. In fact, the word says that all of creation speaks of the glory of God so that none are held guiltless. So everybody is seeing the goodness of God whenever they look around. All of creation speaks of the goodness of God. So the part where we get to come in is that he's actually given us the same ministry that Jesus Christ started. 
Let me read it to you. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Isn't this great news? And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's the message that we're carrying. That's the message. I went too far. How many of you feel confident sharing the gospel? Come on, that's pretty awesome. I actually want to count. Keep your hands up. So 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, 22, 24, 26, 28, 30, 32, 34, 36, 38, 42. It's kind of growing as I go. 44, 50, 52, 54, 56, 58. 60, about 61. Oh, there's four more, three more, so 64. All right. How many of you have had an opportunity to share the gospel this week? How many of you did? Come on. Let me see that. How many of you shared the gospel this week? Praise God. Come on. That's exciting. How many of you have been enjoying this last eight-week journey that we've been on together, or well, we're on our seventh week, but of just getting back in touch with the gospel? Has it inspired you to start speaking? You guys can talk to me. I'd really like some give and take today. Everybody's camping and traveling in the summer. It means you have to be louder, just for me. It's exciting. So here's what I've done. I want us to be in a position where we are consistently already moving in the ministry of Jesus Christ. We know that he's already talking to people. We know that he says, I desire that none should perish, but all should have eternal life, right? Right? We know this. We know that he so loved the world, he gave his only son. So we already know the will of God. We, the will of God is that everyone would turn to him. And what I want us to do is to be in a consistent position where we can smile, speak, and invite people into the kingdom of heaven, right? And one of the things that I'm noticing too is that oftentimes, I know for myself, I sometimes need, uh, I need something to give people. I, I want to I give them the gospel, but I also want to invite them into the family. I want to do both. And I want to leave people with something, I want to leave them with the word. I want to leave them with something. And, and I don't always have a Bible that I could just hand somebody. Do you guys carry extra Bibles? I mean, that might be a good program. Maybe go down to the bookstore and get a Bible that you could give somebody. But I think that, you know, I don't know. Think about that. But here's what I did instead. Is I made up, actually I didn't. I had Wendy Bearden, she's not here, but I had her make up some business cards for us. And they're really cool. And they say, you're invited and welcome on the one side, and it has our address, and it has our website, and it has our cute little logo, 
And then it says, redeem this card for a free drink of your choice at Paradigm Cafe. Thank you for being our guests. So that's pretty schnazzy. So you're giving them something free. Here. This is a free coffee. I'd love it if you came and worship with us sometime. Maybe come check, the, you know, come check out where we, where we worship. All right? So you're giving somebody something. But here's the even more valuable part is on the back. And one of them, I have two different cards for you. And I'm going I'm to actually hand these out, but I'm not giving them to you yet or you'll stop listening to me. The first scripture that is on the back of the one says this. It's John 4.10. It says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. How many of you know that the the Bible says that his word never comes back void? Okay, his word is powerful, guys. His word is powerful. And when you come in contact with the word of God, it's actually alive. It says, in fact, in the word it says, it's alive and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, searching even down to the motivations of the heart. So this word, this is Jesus Christ. This is infused with the Holy Spirit. And when you say, hey, listen, has anyone ever explained the gospel to you? Say that, would you? Just ask me that question. No, go ahead, tell me. <laughs> I'm going to have you tell each other. Now, that's a beautiful question that is, that, is, that is a great way to even just talk to somebody. Has anybody ever explained the gospel to you? And they go, well, because uh, they know it's coming. Like, yeah, uh, maybe, yes, no, I don't know. And then you can say this. Can I tell, would you mind if in like two minutes I just gave you a picture of what it is? Would you mind if I just took two minutes and explained that to you? How, how burdensome does that feel to you? Does that feel okay? Can I just take two minutes and explain it to you? You were created by a good father. And he loves you. And he made everyone. We're all his sons and daughters. And all of us, at one time or another, have sinned and fallen short of his glory. What that means is he is absolutely good. And he created us to be absolutely good. He's absolutely merciful. And he's absolutely just. He's perfect. And he created you to be perfect with him. But when you look around, you can see every single one of us has fallen short of his glory. Now, this father, because he's just, he can't just say, well, that's okay. Because how can he be just and forgive both the murderer and the person that's been murdered? That's not justice. So how can he restore the things that he's created? Well, the way that he can do that is that he has to see someone who's absolutely innocent who will take the full payment all punishment for everyone who has done evil. And you look around, can you deny that evil has been done? Would it be a good, would it be a good person that just forgives all things and says, well, it's no big deal, the righteous and the, and the wicked, they should just all get the same thing? No, of course it would not. So Jesus Christ, he said, I have never sinned. I'm righteous, and here's what I'll do. I'll take everyone's punishment, I will see that justice is served. So everyone who's fallen short, everyone who's done any wicked thing, I will take the payment of what that creates. I'll do that. And so he came and he died. He died in my place, in the areas where I've fallen short of the glory. He died in your place, in the areas where you've fallen. For every wicked thing that's ever been done where justice needed to be served, Jesus took 
justice upon himself, and he died. He died as the guilty one, even though he wasn't guilty, for everyone else who was guilty. And on the third day, God raised him from the dead. And because he did that, anyone who will accept what he's done, because he did that, you could be saved today by simply acknowledging that we've all fallen short, acknowledging that you've fallen short. And if you want to be reconciled to your father today, if this is the kind of, if this is right now, what would it be that would keep you from wanting to receive the love of your father and the forgiveness that's afforded to you? Is there anything that's stopping you right now? And maybe they might say something. Maybe they might have a question. Well, that's fine. Under the unction of the Holy Spirit, you, as best as you can, you can answer that question. And if you don't know the answer, here's the best thing you can do. I don't know. Go ahead, start with that. Say that. You are very wise, all of you. I don't know, but I do know this. I've given my life to God, and he's never failed me. I have questions that I'm waiting to have answered, but I know he'll answer them because I know him and he's with me, and he loves you. And then they might say, now here, here's the biggest key right here, guys, and I've said this before, but I feel like I want to say it again because it's this vital. The Holy Spirit is the one who is convicting people of sin and righteousness. This morning it took me like an hour of running through, presenting the gospel again and again and again, which I've presented the gospel before, and I just felt like such a dingus. I could not commit to anything. I'm like, oh. And I kept trying to explain more. There's, I'm preaching to someone who's not even in the office with me. And I'm going through it again. You know, I always go through my sermon once more in the morning before I come out to you guys. And I can't do it. I'm like, and then because, and so, and the Father, because, well, because you know, I mean, you've sinned. And it, I mean, everybody's, come on, admit it, everybody's sinned. And, and I'm just like falling down the stairs. And then the Lord reminds me, Joshua, you're forgetting. No amount of convincing on your part is going to cause any sinner to be convicted as a sinner. It is the Holy Spirit who convicts of sin and of righteousness. And this, and, and this scripture says this, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So it's not really the convincing of the sin that's the only issue that they need convinced of, any one of us that hasn't heard the gospel, but of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And I can't convince you of that either. Well, you were supposed to be really godlike. <laughs> okay. I'm supposed to be God? What does that mean to me? It means nothing unless it's true. And because it's true, the Holy Spirit is doing that deep work. Are you guys with me? So when you have that sense of that you're completely powerless to convince someone of the gospel, it's because you are. Did you hear me? It's because you actually are completely powerless to convince someone of the gospel. But the one within you is already speaking has been speaking and will continue to speak. And when you speak, the Holy Spirit is on what you're saying. And the person can't get away from it. Why? Because this is the God who, while we were yet sinners, died for us. Right? 
This is love. Not that we loved him, but that he loved us. And that same God is pursuing everyone in this earth. Isn't that great news? So when you present the gospel, don't get hung up on how simple it sounds. It is that simple. And it's our confidence in the Holy Spirit and in the Father and in this gospel. That's all that he asks. That's all that we have to deliver. You're not responsible to save people. You're not responsible to convince people. You're just responsible to speak to people, to smile, to invite, and to speak. And not in that order, if you're following my notes. You're inviting people into the kingdom of heaven. You're inviting them to come and worship here. You're inviting them to worship anywhere, to tell you the truth, as long as they're preaching Jesus Christ. But, I mean, you're here, so where else would you invite them? You're awesome. So how many of you would carry a couple of these with you and just be able to say, hey, has anyone ever explained the gospel to you? And as you're explaining it, you might even use a couple of these scriptures on here because they flow with the gospel. It is actually the gospel. You can say, actually, you know, I've got this card. It's a free coffee. I'm going to read something to you. I want to explain the gospel to you. But then I'm going to give it to you. And you should come worship. You'll feel the presence of God. Have you ever felt the presence of God? <laughs> no. Do you want to? Yes. So here's what I want to do. Um, can we get some ushers up here? I've got two boxes, and they're both different. And so just take a few. And what we're going to do is we're going to have these little babies available for you. And once you give these away, come get more. We'll just keep printing them. I heard a great testimony of someone. They found a card one time. It was in a bush. It was laying in a bush, a little card. And it just said, you know, welcome to... Uh, uh, Anyway, welcome to a particular church, and had a little scripture on it. They pick it up out of the bush, and they're like, I, I need to do this. They go to church, and they get radically saved. I think all of creation is speaking of the glory of God. Your confidence is not in vain. Okay, so here's what, here's what you're going to do. I want us to practice one more time, and then we're going to go. We're going to end on you practicing. All right? I want you, I'm, I'm, I know, you're like, ah, ah. Okay, in the interest of not making this too difficult, I'm going to let you actually talk to the person you know that you came to church with. I know, I'm going easy on you. Last week, you had to talk to somebody else, but this time. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to take one minute, okay, and just explain the gospel to your neighbor. Ready? Go.
All right, you got 30 seconds. All right, 10 seconds. And all right, ask him the question. Is there any reason why you wouldn't want to receive Jesus today? Just ask him. All right, how'd we do? How far, who, who here was able to present? Go ahead, everybody just stop right where you're at. Raise your hand if you finished the whole presentation of the gospel in one minute. Raise your hand. Wait, keep it up, keep it up. Look around. Good job. Okay, now let's ask your neighbor, did you understand the gospel when they presented it? <laughs> Good. Okay, now we're gonna take another minute. Now we're gonna take another minute, and I want the listener to present the gospel. And you can even copy your neighbor. They just, they, they were your cheat sheet. Present the gospel to your neighbor. And I'm pretty sure that guy's not saved. Would you share with him? All right, you got 37 seconds left. Fifteen seconds. And ask him, is there any reason why you wouldn't want to receive Christ right now? All right, how many finished? How many were able to finish in time? Now, am I advocating that you should preach the gospel in one minute? No, I'm not. I'm advocating that you should preach the gospel in two minutes. I just wanted you to try really, really hard here so that when you relax and present the gospel in the future, you really keep it short. Now, here's why. The Holy Spirit is working through you. It is impossible for you to cause someone to be born again, but it is absolutely possible that God can cause someone to be born again. And you're simply the messenger of great news. 
How many of you just felt kind of a burden come off of you just being able to share the gospel? Just being able to like, oh, wow, I, I guess I do know the story. I do know the story. Yeah, so, so, hey, come on, I love that honesty. I love that. Here's the beauty, guys. Remember, it's God in me, not me. All right? It's God in me, it's not me. Now, here's the great news. You get to co-labor. You're the witness, but he's the Lord. And I think oftentimes we get confused and we think, I've got to be the Lord to this person. Not in the sense of like, follow me, but we take all the pressure upon ourselves. Like, ah, your eternal salvation is in my hands right now. It's like, no, God doesn't really, anyway, no, no, that pressure is not on you. Jesus is carrying that. Is that freedom? All right, so here's what you've got to do today. Go out and have an amazing day. And uh, give these away and make me have to keep printing these. We'll have these available. We're going, to put them onto the, uh, we're going to put them on the information counter so you can always get these. And we just want you to just give them away. Throw them into a bush. Preferably hand them to someone. But if you really, if you can't do anything... If it's been in your wallet too long, toss it in a bush next to someone's house. All right. Can I have the prayer servant team come up? If you need healing in your body, if you need encouragement, if you need an encouraging word, come up and get prayed for. God bless you guys.